I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Tai Fu. And this is take two of season four, episode one of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We had some minor technical difficulties just now, but luckily we didn't get very far into the episode. Uh, and welcome. I hope you enjoyed, I'll say it again, that new intro music, the fourth variation on the theme. I hope you'll be listening to it very often over the course of the next 365 days or so. Hell yeah. It's, uh, that's right. Listen to it every single fucking day, 365 <laughs> times. Listen to each episode seven times a week. That's right. You got to do it. Boost our numbers. Um, <laughs> like and subscribe. It's pretty early in the episode for that. Um, but yeah, welcome to the new season. Uh, this is a certified banger. I have approved of the great composition that was proposed um, for this intro. And yeah, regular season was about to start in uh, exactly a week. We were talking before uh, the technical difficulties. You thought I was feeding you fake news um, because nobody's talking about these Europe games that are supposed to take place three days before any other games. Supposed to. <laughs> and are allegedly part of the regular season and nobody seems to notice. Yeah, Taisei just taught me uh, like minutes ago that the Sharks and Predators are going to be playing regular season games in Germany or Switzerland or something. Uh, a week from today, like four days before the rest of the regular season starts. Uh, this was a total surprise. And now I understand why Taisei wanted our fantasy draft to take place before six. I was like, why? What's, what's, the, what's the deal? And now I know. Yeah, that's right. So if you're running a fantasy league, beware. Beware of that Shark Spreads game. It's going to come back to haunt you. Um, so yeah, by the time we record next week, um, yeah, we have an announcement. Uh, this seems to be our regular. Schedule moving forward is Friday recordings. So for the time being, that's what you can expect from us. Indeed. Uh, and yeah. yeah, so next time we record, we'll be, uh, you know, maybe we'll have the fucking Preds and Sharks game on the background. Or maybe we won't because uh, those teams kind of stink. Well, I don't think that's the reason we wouldn't have it on. I think it would just be distracting from our recording. We'd be too busy watching it to talk about it. Too intrigued. Yeah, too fascinated by T. Oh! This just occur- Are they going to Switzerland because it's Roman Yossi and Timo Meyer? Is that why it's those teams? Yeah, I think that's definitely the draw. Um, Gotta be. Yeah. yeah. You saw Switzerland? I, I have no idea where in Europe they're playing. They could be playing in Romania for all I know. I think, Swiss- I think yes, this does sound quite familiar now. I think back yeah. to like March it was announced like, they're going to Swiss- Roman Yossi and Timo Meyer are going to Switzerland or something like that. Hmm. This is an interesting time to put a bunch of Europe games, eh? Like, right before anybody else plays any games. Right like, before everyone starts caring about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> like, in a, in a logistic sense, I guess it's logical, right? Because, you know, jet lag, you know, and it's hard to put that in the middle of a season. Yeah. But it's weird to, you know, have it so far apart and also not really hype it up at all to the point where, like, half your fans don't know what's happening. I assume it's kind of similar to the Winter Classic or, like, not, I mean, to outdoor games, where it's very hyped up in the city is going on in and nowhere else because outdoor games in general are so overdone to the point where the, your, your average fan won't give a shit about it. Whereas when there's only one every year, it was like a, a really big hockey event. And it's probably the same thing in Switzerland, I'm sure. People are buzzing about it. And I think it's good that they make it regular season games so that, you know, you get the best players on the ice. And so the players are actually trying um, and rather than, you know, either an exhibition game or, as you said, just plopping it in the middle of the season where there's jet lag and schedules to work around uh would kind of be a logistical nightmare right so yeah i guess it, i guess it makes sense uh and 
I mean, maybe that's why they picked the Preds and the Sharks, huh? Like, you know, it's uh, two pretty relevant teams. It does. It's weird that still October 11th, everywhere I look, that's the advertised regular season start date. Yeah. Because it's like, oh yeah, they're a few days off, and then oh look, regular season game. So, are people just assuming that, or is the NHL actually just saying that to avoid confusion of like, oh, are these games on October 7th regular season games? No, just like one of them is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the, the easy marketing path that they took. Uh, even though it does leave a weird result for this game. Uh, and But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like you could still hype it up, though, because it's not like the outdoor games where we have like a saturation. I feel like Europe games, they don't happen that often, do they? But like from a TV watching standpoint, what's the big difference? I don't know. Less quieter arena because it's smaller. <laughs> um, what really should be hyped up about it, though, is regular season opening in Europe. How fucking cool is that? Yeah, absolutely. And yet nobody knows about it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in conclusion, another failed marketing attempt by the National Hockey League added to the list. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Nobody's watching the Europe game, and nobody knows when the season starts. <laughs> People should know, but... Uh, oh, well. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Spencer Knight now, because um, he signed a new deal with the Panthers. Three by four and a half that kicks in next year. Very oddly gets a little more than Jake Ottinger got. As an RFA earlier this summer, signed three years, four million, compared to Spencer Knight, who wasn't set to be an RFA till next summer, three by four and a half. Ottinger, I'll remind you, the starting goalie of the Dallas Stars. Spencer Knight, the backup goalie of the Florida Panthers, who is like two years younger or so than Jake Ottinger, uh, just put up a, a decent 908 in 32 games, has only 36 NHL games uh, to his name, um, has shown excellent flashes in the NHL, uh, was dominant in the AHL, and is still only 21. So I do think he has uh, absolute starting goalie potential. Um, but the fact that he hasn't lived up to it yet, combined with the fact that Bobrovsky is still there for now, making $10 million AAV, uh, this deal makes me scratch my head a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, something we've seen this offseason, I feel, across the league, is and maybe over like a, a number of years is going from paying like pass production right and then now it seems like this we go into the total extreme like you see like tim stutzel right who's only had really a half season of great production getting like eight years eight million dollars uh and this whole spencer knight thing if you look at his stats you know he has he really kind of established himself at that starter no he's gotten chances at it uh but he's he's never really shown that he's ready uh but yeah it seems like <laughs> like teams are really kind of banking on that hype uh, and almost like overpaying for it relative to you know what their value is currently. Like, would you pay Spencer Knight right now one year to start for your team? No, you wouldn't, right? He, yeah, I don't think he's reached that caliber. Um, but he's got the potential. Uh, and I think if you look at what would be the reasons why they would pay him more than Nottinger, uh, and why his agent can negotiate to that point is because you know the hype. Because there's honestly not much else performance-wise. Um, because Ottinger would beat him out, games played, just performance in general especially considering, uh, you know, Andrew's playoffs and, and even Knight's playoffs. Yeah, we know how unpredictable goaltending is. This deal could, like, really come back to bite the Panthers because I think the qualifying offer would probably be, what, probably like 4.8 or something. I don't know the exact numbers on that. But if he, you know, doesn't grow at a good rate, if he stagnates, which goalies sometimes do, then, then you know, we're looking at a bad situation. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially with Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky is like, what, like four more years left? Um, I think so. Yeah, he's had like seven years, $10 million, right? So Yeah, so I think I think Knight's next deal 
that he just signed and Bobrovsky's deal are set to expire at the same time. Okay. And then hope I think I think the Panthers in mind are going. And this one is when we give Knight the big like I don't know seven by seven or whatever, and he's gonna be the superstar Vesna winner, and we wave goodbye to Bobrovsky. Yeah, I think I think that's fine as a strategy, um, long term wise. If you really believe in that, I just feel like four and a half then seems high if you're planning on you know shelling out the big bucks in, in three years. Like you, you have the cap situation all lined up. Why are you paying like too much right now? It doesn't really make any sense, especially considering yeah you're paying Bobrovsky ten million dollars a year uh, on a contending team. It's gonna be three years of a fourteen and a half million cap hit in uh, in the gold ending. Unless they, of course, you know, buy up Bobrovsky at some point or manage to trade him with some salary retained. Uh, but the lineup of these contracts would lead me to believe they're expecting to keep Bobrovsky there the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, that's like 14 and a half for like mediocre goaltending currently. Uh, if you think about it as a tandem. like Carlton and Antoniemi vibes, but not as bad. Yeah, <laughs> slightly better. Um, but no, it's certainly, yeah, it's weird for a team as good as the Panthers, as well-constructed as they are. Um, it's strange to see them, you know, kind of like allocate this much cap for such poor goaltending, relatively speaking. It was that because you know they acquired both these goalies in the same summer. They were coming off the eighteen nineteen season. Uh, they had a very good roster. You know, Barkov, Huberdeau, Ekblad were all great. It was the goaltending that bit them, and was pretty much the sole reason they uh, were kept out of the playoffs. So going into the offseason, it was like we need a goalie, priority number one, two, three. They draft Spencer Knight 13th overall, which is fine, you know, at the time. Then they also give Bobrovsky the $70 million contract a week later. And it was kind of like this, well, we've definitely solved the problem now, right, <laughs> situation. Um, but it's kind of, you know, if you're, if you're going to invest this extremely valuable first-round pick in Knight, this goalie of the future, who you expect to be a starter sometime before the next seven years then you should not be allocating this much money to uh Bobrovsky even if he you know maintained a near Vezina form or something and the opposite is true as well if you're going Bobrovsky is our goalie solution for the next seven years then maybe we should draft Cole Caulfield instead of Spencer Knight yeah absolutely you know it seems like they threw almost too many resources to kind of overcompensate, let alone the fact that Bobrovsky shouldn't have gotten that contract in the first place. Yeah. Um, that was like a, a walking, talking red flag. Um, but just philosophically, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to kind of end up in this logjam because, you know, there is such a big sunk cost with either of them, like in terms of draft capital or cap space. Yeah. Um, we're, so we're going to soon get to our standings predictions. Um, but there are some other small points I think uh, it would be fun to chat about first. Uh, one of them is the Rasmus Sandin deal. Um, this isn't a particularly interesting contract in and of itself. Two by 1.4. I think it's like pretty much the exact same deal Timothy Liljegren got. Um, and it's more or less what was expected. But what's notable about it is that uh, Sandine and his agent Louis Gross, uh, when they had the perfect chance to seize leverage, thought like the opposite thing had happened. <laughs> that they had none. Uh, um, because basically the Leafs uh, defense sustained a few injuries at camp. Lily Green will be out for a little while. Uh, Jordy Ben, depth defenseman, got injured. Jake Muzzin is still de- dealing with, uh, working through some injuries. Uh, and so, all of a sudden, the Leafs need Sandine more than they thought they would have. And Rasmus Sandine, instead of going, all right, you clearly need me now, cave in to my demand, which would, to be fair, was not far off from 2 by 1.4. Sandine wanted 1 year 1.4, and the Leafs were going 2 by 1.4. And this standoff lasted for like two months. 
And uh, in, in this moment, when it was said, like, all right, you know, Leafs need Sandine now, uh, rather than Kyle Dubas going, all right, fine, we'll sign you to what you want, Rasmus Sandina apparently went, oh, my team needs me. I'll, I'll cave in and I'll join them now and I'll sign 2 by one4 Yeah, he truly folded like a chair Insane. in those negotiations. Just awful, awful stuff. Uh, you hate to see it. Uh, and yeah, he really like dragged it out for two months, missed a bunch of camp, you know. And... He was offered this deal back in June. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, all this for nothing. To get $0 in additional compensation. He, you know, his, his reputation's probably suffered amongst the fan base for putting him through that. Uh, and yeah, yeah for, for no fucking reason. And, and yeah, and to, to put the cherry on top of it is that he had all the leverage by the end of it, uh, where yeah, you could have asked for more money or just you know gone one by one point four. And no, he said no. He said no. And now you know he's wasted everybody's time. Yeah, you know what would made him look a little bit better if he got instead of one million four hundred thousand dollars AAV, one million four hundred thousand thirty eight dollars AAV to, for his jersey number. Gotta throw that in there. <laughs> It's like Matthews and Marner and Yossi and a bunch of others. Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and so he can say he's got the bragging rights over Lilligren. Yeah, um, a little more. And all, Lilligren's number 37. So if, if they had both done it, Sandin gets an extra dollar per year. <laughs> well worth it. See, that would have made it worth it. Um, but instead, now he's just played himself. And yeah, he looks like a fool. That's what it is. He looks like an absolute clown um, for, for really, yeah, getting nothing done other than putting, him, like, putting himself behind uh, in terms of getting up to speed with this team. Yeah, another thing, waiver season is starting. No interesting names on there yet, unless you're the Arizona Coyotes and you see Jonas Johansson and think that's an interesting name because that's our first waiver claim of this this season. Uh, not a surprise, I would say. The Coyotes, uh, whose backup goalie was slated to be Ivan Prozvitov, I think, with Karel Vemelka as his starter. Remember last year, they were there was the whole Carter Hutton thing. We were just talking about how he started had the most miserable three games you could imagine, um, and then he, you know, couldn't even crack the Coyotes anymore. There was Vimalka. There was they claimed Harry Sateri off waivers. Oh, yeah. They had Wedgwood for a little while, I think. Did they? I don't remember if that was don't last remember. season. They had a bunch of like no-name goalies, and now it looks like they've added uh, Jonas Johansson to the mix. Uh, probably this straight-up AHLer will be backing up Vimalka. Yeah, didn't didn't uh, was it Colorado who traded for him? Uh, well, he was on the Avalanche. Yeah. Uh, for last season, Panthers claimed on waivers, and he spent time on that roster as well as in the Panthers AHL affiliate. Became a UFA, went back to Colorado, went to training camp, we waived, claimed by Arizona. That's the story. Yeah. Solid upgrade for for Arizona from going from I don't know ECHL goalie to AHL goalie. Just about. Wait, let's let's see let's see what what else they're working with in this system. On cap friendly list them maybe just because Jonas Johansson isn't. Uh, oh yeah, he is. He's he's on the page. Vemelka is the only goalie listed as being on the roster right now. Um, we got Jonas Johansson. Uh, we've got Ivan Prozvitov. We've also got John Gillies here. That name ring a bell? Devils guy. He uh yeah last year he played 19 games with the Devils. 885. <laughs> Uh, just had to sign him. Got, just just had got, to get him in got, the building. He's got 32 NHL games under his belt. Not an NHL goalie either. Uh, we've also got uh, David Tendek, 22 years old. I uh, was a sixth round pick in 2018, uh, and was a 901 in 19 ECHL games last year. Not much to write home about, I would say. Nothing. And the final goalie the Coyotes have under contract in the organization 
is a 19-year-old named Anson Thornton, uh, who was not drafted by them but signed out of junior. And last year with the Barry Colts, no, sorry, last year with the Sarnia Sting in 26 games in the OHL, he was an 883. <laughs> and that would explain why he's undrafted, but yeah. would not explain why the Coyotes signed. Oh, he played, he played two games in something called the Latam Cup for Team Jamaica, <laughs> which is interesting. The lat, the Latam, like Latin America. L- or- that's mu- that must be it. Latin L A T A M Latam Cup, uh, for Team Jamaica. And Cap Friendly doesn't list him as being Jamaican. I assume he is. He was born in Oshawa. Um, but yeah, so some international experience. Yeah, so he's. Straight up played for Team Jamaica in a Latin American Hockey Cup and then was signed by the Arizona Coyotes. Wow, he must have really shown out. <laughs> they sent lots of scouts to that two games. <laughs> it must have been a really damn good two games. Uh, yeah, no, that's a barren. That is organizationally as barren as you can get. Uh, your starter's no good. You don't really have a backup. It's just there's nothing there. There's no prospects. There's nothing. And that's well on the reserve list. Uh, we know where the players. Okay. They, let's yeah. see, because I feel like they they must have drafted a goalie this year. They had so many picks. Uh, oh, they didn't. Never mind. <laughs> they drafted a goalie in 2021 in the fourth round, named Rasmus Koronen. But there is no goalie of the future right now in Arizona. There's, There's no, no goalie, goalie of the present. Anyway. There's no goalie. <laughs> There's no goalie in the past. There's a goalie in the past. Is Mike Smith? Uh, <laughs> Wow. So that that will be something to address for the Coyotes moving forward. Yeah. It's, it will take more than Yonis Johansson. Yeah. Something on the laundry list for sure. But, you know, they, they tried. They tried with this waiver claim. So, good for them. I don't know if they did. I think You're they right. tried to say, hey, this is a nice Bedard tank goalie. We can yeah. add to our mix. We'll play a solid 20 games. We'll lose 18 of them. That'll be good. I could see him. I could see Jonas Johansson absolutely being the. Like, say Carol Vamelka is decent and puts yeah. up, like, a 908 or something. I could see them absolutely trading him at the deadline, even though he has two years left to, like, some team who wants a better backup or something like that. And then they throw Jonas Johansson into the Wolves from, like, February onward in their, in their tank pursuit. I could, see, I could see this getting as crazy as the McDavid tank here, for sure. Because there are three great names at the top. There's Bedard, Mishkov, and Adam Fantilli. Right. So it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna, it's gonna be, be one year. for the ages. <laughs> it's gonna be a great tank here. Forty point watch is 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 best gonna be back this year for sure. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Hell yeah! With many many teams involved, it's gonna be great. Some um, teams that don't realize they're gonna be involved will yeah. try to change their mind and decide to become involved when it becomes clear they're not gonna make the playoffs on October sixteenth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? I think we know Chicago and Arizona are like gunning for the bottom. Yeah, but I think those are the only ones who are actually going for the bottom. Whereas okay. the season starts to unfold, and like you know, Montreal, Buffalo, Philadelphia, uh, start to realize that they're not very good. They will probably and would be smart to throw in the towel aggressively. Right. Um, and I'm sure when we get to our standings predictions, we'll talk about what other other teams we think may be near the bottom of the barrel. San Jose, there's another one. Nah, nothing there. Um, okay. So, yeah, you wanted to talk about PTOs. You say that like you don't want to. 
Well, you know, I I don't have much to contribute on the PTO front. Oh, we'll chat. But we can Whatever. chat. We'll yeah, yeah. Um, I was listening to the Chris Johnson show earlier, mm-hmm. and I I learned something interesting that I don't think I knew, which is that there is actually uh in preseason games a veteran requirement, like a quota to fulfill, of like how many players, like there's eight players in your lineup have to fulfill this requirement of having played a certain amount in the NHL, and that oftentimes. Uh, teams will sign players to PTOs just to fulfill this requirement. Um, and he didn't point to any specific players this year and say that that's the case. But oftentimes, um, players, I assume, will know, or like, well, they'll go into the PTO and their teams aren't planning on signing them anyway. Uh, most of these, I don't think that's the case. Antoine Roussel. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Roussel, <laughs> Roussel, I guess. Um, because he was on a PTO with the Flyers and released yesterday. Um, Galchenyuk was also released from his from Colorado. Um, I guess he's uh bad. So he's UFA now, total floater. Do you think he ends up with an NHL team, or do you think he maybe goes to Europe? I think he goes to Europe. I think Darn. the dream is dead. Uh, unfortunately, I think if he would have scratched it, out, I know it's a tough roster with Colorado. Um, but I think this was it. I think he had maybe two or three PTO offers. Took one. I don't think anybody's calling back on Alex Galchenyuk. My take. Ryan Murray's going to be last man standing from top four of the 2012 draft in the NHL. (laughs) Ten years later. Two in Europe and Griffin Reinhardt retired. Oh my goodness. Just all time. All time top of the draft there. Um, Yeah, no, I I didn't know about that old man quota um, in the preseason. But yeah, that you know what? I think that explains a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, it doesn't hurt to take a look at these dudes. uh, But at least, you know, they're incentivized. And I guess is this I guess this is a sort of workaround, isn't it? It feels like a workaround. Like it feels like uh, you know, like a bit where like the NHL is trying to get their teams to play their actual players uh yeah, in the preseason sure. a decent amount, and then the workaround is to sign a bunch of old dudes to PTOs yeah. who fill the game's requirement and then immediately cut them. The name that I keep thinking of might be for this reason is Eric Stahl with the Panthers. Yeah. I was gonna point that out. Because he we, he was on the Canadians, so we watched him quite a bit that year. We were not very impressed by him. We were talking that playoff run like scratch him. Why are you scratching Jake Evans or Kakanyemi instead of Eric Stahl? He's slow. Um, and then he took a year off at the age of 36, and now he's back on a PTO. Um, even if they were giving him an authentic tryout, I imagine he wouldn't do much impressive enough to earn a deal. On the Panthers. On the Panthers especially, yeah. who are, you know, have a good team. But the one reason I don't think this was just old man quota is because they signed this PTO on the same day they signed Mark Stahl to an actual contract. His bro, the thing was like, come try to earn a spot on our team with your brother, okay. and I'll like come hang out for a couple of weeks. I mean, I guess that could be it too. Exactly, it, it might just be for the vibes. It might just be for the vibes for a few weeks, and, the and then maybe quarter. it'll be you know maybe he'll retire tomorrow and they'll give him a front office role. You never know. But that that'd be kind of weird. Has that ever happened? That, like someone works for the team that their brother plays for? Uh, Probably not. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I know the the dad son thing has happened. Yeah, at Dave Lowry, um, at Pierre Luc Dubois' dad also who works for the Manitoba uh, Moose. That really happened at the same time, eh? Yeah, two two. You love to see it. Great shit. Um, yeah. Let's look through this. Any any other PTOs? There are plenty of interesting let's ones. Let's see. Well, uh, here's okay. I'll, I'm going team by team. See what pops out to me. Anaheim has like two somewhat notable players on PTOs. One of them is Rocco Grimaldi. Whatever. The other one's Nathan Beaulieu, which I found kind kind of weird. Because well, first of all, Nathan Bolier is not very good. But also, if there's one thing the Ducks don't need more of, it's fourth pairing defensemen. 
because they have an absolute surplus. You can go down like very deep in their depth chart to get guys who are like, oh, they play in the NHL a bit. They can do it in a pinch. And that's exactly what Nathan Beaulieu is. Yeah, truly. Just, just, just a name. He feels older than 29. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's cooked. You know what we can do as we name these players? Yeah. We can say, despite the fact that we haven't watched pretty much any of these at all, does he sign or, or not? Okay. Nathan Beaulieu. Um, no. I'm, I agree. I'll say no. How about Rocco Grimaldi? Uh, also no. I'll, I'll go yes. Right. I'll, I'll go with they give him a, a league min deal, then put him on waivers right away. All right. <laughs> All right. Arizona's got Alex Chason. This one, I think he's getting a deal. Yeah. Because he is like the king of PTOs. He's gotten, he went on a PTO with Edmonton and with Calgary and with Washington and Ottawa maybe. Not all of those, but a mix of those at least two or three times. And he's gotten a deal all the time. I think he's going to do it again. Especially, like, who's he? You got to beat out Liam O'Brien? Easy peasy. The king of the professional tryout. Alex <laughs> <laughs> Uh Yeah, no, I think there's, there's not much competition there. And so if anybody's going to do it, there's a, a hole to fill in this league. It's on the Arizona Coyotes. I give my stamp of approval on Alex Chason. Maybe that's part of it. He identifies the weak spot. You know, he strategically picks yeah, the PTO. Yeah, you need a third or fourth line right winger. That's me. That's me all the time. <laughs> He's getting in there. So uh-huh. I think the streak continues for, for Alex Chason. Okay. Boston has Anton Stroman on a PTO. Uh, this is... Uh, Grizzled vet was on the Coyotes last year, 36 years old. Um, but I think he will get a deal too, um, just because of the injuries, specifically to McAvoy missing a lot of time, and I think Grizzly as well. That's your entire top pair, pretty much. You got some holes to fill, and you don't necessarily want to be leaning on, you know, Connor Carrick all the time. And if there's one more injury, all of a sudden, who are you looking at? Jack, I can, you know, get get Strawman in there as soon as you're fully healthy, scratch him. Uh, wave him if he's bad, or maybe he still has something left in the tank, and he can produce solidly on your bottom pair. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I I, I was thinking yes on Sean for the same reason. It's the injuries, right? They got a hold to fill, and uh, they need a cheap plug while they wait. That's it. They don't want to. Obviously, don't want to. You have any? You don't have any money or assets to contribute uh, to to fill that hole right now. Uh, okay. On to Carolina. You got Why are you a skipping Calgary? Oh. Whoops. Okay. okay. I guess. Okay. Calgary's a fun one. Hmm. I went the, the the alphabetical order is a bit different here on Cap Friendly. I'm on Cap for me, friendly. anyways. Eh. I, I I sorted by team, oh, and it's like CGY. Oh, they so sorted by below. abbreviation. Yeah. Oh, unfortunate. Ah, that'll do it. Okay. Anyway, um, so they got three players on PTOs, yeah. and all interesting NHL experience names. Biggest one is Sonny Milano, coming off a great year with the Ducks next to Trevor Zegers. Um, I think it would be ridiculous if the Flames. Didn't sign him now that he's kind of in their laps and can be had for cheap. Michael Stone has also been lighting it up somehow in this preseason, so he's probably going to get another deal with the Flames. Cody Egan's the other one. Um, he's had, you know, he, he sucks, obviously. Um, he's been on Buffalo for the last little while, you know, just totally stinking it up. Um, but he had this reputation a while of being like, oh, yeah, he's solid defensively. The fact that he's on a PTO now and probably being... Uh, judged authentically leads me to believe that Calgary may jump to the conclusion that he is bad and not needed and that he's the one who will be cut loose. Yep, I agree. Um, I'm going to say no on Michael Stone, though. I think... Uh, really? Yeah, that's my take. I think he'll get cut. But uh, no, Sonny Milano's a slam dunk. Honestly, I'd be more surprised uh, if Stone was cut than Milano. 
Oh, you think they're just they're... because Stone's been around there for yeah, a while? It's a second stint, yeah. And f- yeah, he's been around there for several years, and the org knows him, and he knows the org. And this preseason, he's you know somehow unlocked offense. <laughs> so, so I don't think there's any way he uh, he slips away. Okay. All right. Uh, on to Carolina. We got we have an interesting three. We have Derek Stepan, Calvin DeHaan, and uh, somebody named Grigory Dronov. Never heard of him. Me neither. We don't have to talk about him. Um, I'll start with Derek Stepan. Uh, I think, yes, because I I think Carolina has a hole on the fourth line, uh, for and at the center position who is now Jack Drury. I uh, can he can beat out Jack Drury. I have faith in Derek Stepan. I think the point of Derek Stepan being there is just to give an obstacle to Jack Drury. Okay. Say, hey, beat out Derek Stepan. Can you do it? And if he can't, that'd be a pretty clear sign he's not ready for the NHL. Yeah. And if he can. Um, maybe you can sign Stepan and scratch him anyway. All right. So is that a yes on uh, Stepan? Yeah, I think it's yeah. a yes on Stepan. And Dehan, Dehan, Jake Gardner. I know there were rumors like, oh, he's actually coming back this year. He's gonna play. Has he been playing like in training camp and in the preseason? No, I don't think so. But I think Dehan is like Gardner insurance. That's kind of how I how I look at it. Ah, Jake Garner suffers setback, not at Hurricanes camp as of a week ago. Darn. Looks like he's likely set for LTR again. Yeah. Oh. So, in that case, DeHaan's getting signed. Yep. Here we go. Uh, Chicago's got no one. Colorado's got, had Galchenyuk, but he was let go. Uh, Columbus has some quite interesting names. Uh, besides tall guy Ben Harper, who is kind of a, you know, throw him in the AHL after you sign him if you want. You have Victor Rask and James Neal. Victor Rask, I think, uh, gets a bad rap just for coming out on the bad side of the Nino Niederreiter for Victor Rask trade. He's still uh, pretty helpful, I would say, despite coming off a, an overpaid deal. Columbus could use him as like a fourth-line center. James Neal, though, I'm not, I'm not too sure about. Washed as hell, man. Yeah, he, I, I would lean towards washed. I think they're going, hey, give you one more try. See if you can put a few pucks in the net. Stand in front on on the power play, but you know Columbus has offensive wingers. That's a strength of their team. I don't see a spot for James Neal there, even if he did impress. Yeah, and I don't think he will. Yeah, he's, he's fucking cooked. Um, yeah, Victor asked. That sounds like a, a yes to me too. Uh, on to what is it? Edmonton. Apparently, Vertanen's been sucking ass. Uh-huh. The rumor I heard. Uh, what a shocker. Serves him, serves him well. Uh, eat shit. Um, any thoughts on Jason Demers? Um, Old man he Jason been? Demers. He was in the NHL and like pretty good. Uh, yeah, last year he went to the KHL and played five games. Uh, yeah. Uh, Just heavily invested in KHL. He was in the NHL for a little while, you know, doing fine. Left for a year. Back on the PTO. Um, I say... They don't sign him because I feel like we've been uh, giving too many yeses and we need a few no's okay. in the mix. Yeah, no, I, that's a solid no for me. Uh, on to Florida, the, the aforementioned Eric Stahl, who we believe to be potentially an old man case. Uh, they released Andrew Hammond. Or no, sorry, he went to the KHL, that's right. Um, so he was offered a PTO. I think he might have signed it. And then he left. Uh, and otherwise they have uh, JF Brube as a, as a goalie. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, Hard no. Doesn't seem like he would get a contract. I don't know why you would. Well, I feel you know it's weird because it really just depends on like what you want the like what you're expecting out of the guys who sign PTOs. If you're like we want JF Rube 
to be our fourth string goalie or whatever. Go for it, you know? So bring him in on a PTO and then sign him while you negotiate. Things like that, you know? Yeah. I guess that makes it's sense. It's weird. It's not like a, the best players get signed and the worst ones don't situation. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh maybe who will so you think maybe? You think Sure, yes. Jay yes. <laughs> Perube is getting signed. Mark my words. This guy this guy went from saying there's too many yeses in this category <laughs> to saying yes to Jay Perube getting a contract. Uh-huh. I think you, oh man, really? I, I see the logic. Why would they bring JF Brubay to camp if they weren't no. expecting him to be his normal self and maybe get a deal? I don't know. Be a warm body. For goalie? Uh, hmm. You know, maybe that's true, actually. For goaltending, you just want, like, someone on Team E in the scrimmage or something? <laughs> exactly. That's actually a pretty good point. I changed my mind. He's not getting a deal. <laughs> Yeah, he's not good enough. Um, okay, the Kings have uh, they're bringing back Nate this, Thompson. This I think is old it's guy yes. situation. Oh really? I think it's a yes. I think they really? like him. Yeah. yeah, I think. Ooh, I think they're gonna sign him. Like they're gonna be like fifth line kind of guy. And they already have plenty of it. Look how deep they are at forwards throughout the organization. I think this is a clear cut case of if there's any name on the list besides maybe Eric Stahl, this is the one who's like, oh, he's gonna fill our veteran quota for the preseason. Yeah. Because also, 37. and maybe it's kind of similar to like the step on thing where you're like, hey. Alex Turcotte try and beat out Nate Thompson. The problem with that, though, is even without signing Nate Thompson, Alex Turcotte has quite an uphill battle if he wants to make the team. Uh, like, here, 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 here's some, some forward lines. All right, we got Adrian Kempe, Kopitar, Kevin Fiala, Alex Iafalo, Philip Deneau, Victor Arvidsson, Trevor Moore, Quinton Byfield, Arthur Kaliev, Carl Grundstrom, Blake Lozotti, Gabe Velarde. And you've also got Rasmus Kupari there, who played quite a bit in the NHL last year, Brendan Lemieux, Leas Anderson, Jared Anderson Dolan was very good in the AHL last year. There is incredible forward depth throughout this organization. Do you think they're going to bring in Nate Thompson to like take a face off on the penalty kill? I don't think so. I do. <laughs> I I don't know. It's just it, it seems like they have like a strange affection with him. You know, this is another second stint case. I think they signed him to the league min two way contract. I think they just dump him in the minors. Two way. Yeah. Really. Two way. You know, two way yeah. means like separate salary at both. Yeah, I think. They can I work that him, out. I think if they sign him to anything, in. they'd give him like a one year, um, one way like league min or something, and then waive him. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I I feel like if you're signing Nate Thompson, it's because you want him to like be on your team. Maybe they do. This is my hot take. All right, this is my one hot take. It's Nate Thompson on the Kings. Book it, book it. Uh, all right. Are we spending too much time on PTOs? Be honest. We totally are. Okay. Um. Uh, let's run through these quick with just some yes nos. Uh, New Jersey, Thomas Hickey. No. Zach Sinishin. Yes. I will agree, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, Matt Barkowski on the Rangers. No. I'll say yes. Jimmy VC. Okay. Yes. I'll say yes as well. Yeah. Apparently, he's been impressing. I've been hearing the buzz. Ottawa, Michael Dalcol. Uh, no. Derek Broussard. No. I'll, I'll give a yes for Broussard and no okay. for Dalcol. You think so? Flyers, uh, yeah. Artem Anisimov. That's a fun one. Oh, he's back? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. No, but I I I give a yes. Okay. Oh, they oh, they did maybe yeah maybe they 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 it was a competition between Roussel and Anisimo. Yeah. Uh-huh. For that last spot. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> uh, Sharks. Scott Harrington. Uh, was he on the Flyers last year? Is that where he was? He was on the like the Blue Jackets minor league forever. Oh, I don't okay. know. Was he ever in the Flyers? I don't think so. Uh, might mixing up with. Anyways, uh, no. Uh, I will also say no. Kraken. Daniel Sprung. Yes. I'll say no. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, they already have way too many fifth line right wingers. Let me no, tell you. Uh, St. Louis, Tyler Pitlick. 
Uh, he's uh, the point leader. Well, he's, not, really... he's four assists in three preseason games. So what more do you want out of Tyler Pitlick? Exactly. The best PTO of all time. Yeah. Stud. And he's getting deal. Toronto, uh, we got Zach Aston Reese. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a Easy, slam yes. dunk. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver, Danny DeKaiser. This one's fun. <laughs> Danny DeKaiser. On one hand, he's so bad. <laughs> On the other hand, he might be Vancouver's like fourth best defenseman, you know? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna say mm, no. I don't. I I don't think Vancouver bites. On uh, this is the toughest one. Yeah, I'm gonna just abstain. I'm not making any takes on the Danny Kaiser. <laughs> He's torn, guys. He's absolutely torn. I'm very torn. Yeah. Uh, and anything else? That's it. Nope. All right. This has been our PTO segment. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week on Fusion and Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you next year again for this segment <laughs> once it comes back. All right, 36 or so minutes in. Okay. 37, I guess. All right. When we account for the intro music, which is mm. not on my current file. Uh, time for standings prediction. Oh, yeah. Uh, I threw this together quickly. I'll probably be uh, changing it on the fly um, to make things more interesting. Sure. Let's start in the East. Okay. This was maybe one of the toughest years, I think, for standings predictions specifically for the Eastern Conference. Because you'll remember last year, uh, there were eight teams who made the playoffs with no real competition from the bottom. There was a massive chasm between 8th place, I think, Washington or Boston, uh, and ninth place, whoever it was, Columbus maybe, I don't know. Uh, and it's also unlikely that from one year to the next, there's like no turnover in an entire conference. But in trying to look through the teams, like who improved Enough to make a, a leap of that, you know, that big of a leap into the playoffs. And who in the playoffs, um, you know, got worse enough to where I'm confident saying that they're dropping out. And there wasn't really anyone. But I, I had to, you know. I can't all, I can't just be boring just for the sake. So I did make one swap in, swap out. Me too. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder who yours is. I don't think we have the same one. And I actually, I think I know who yours is going to be. All right. And I, can I guess? Go for it. Islanders? No. Oh, I was wrong. Okay, okay. not the Islanders. All right, well, let's begin. I won't spoil it just yet. Uh, okay, where shall we start? The Atlantic or the Metro? Uh, you, you pick. Okay. And you want to count uh, worst to best? Sure, we'll do worst to best. We're going to start in the Atlantic. Um, eighth place, I, how should we do this? Run team by team or just run through the standings? Uh, run, run through your eight to one. Okay, eight to one. Uh, so eight, I have the Habs. Seven, I have Buffalo. Six, I have Detroit. Uh, five, I have Boston, but still making the playoffs. Four, I have the Sens. Three, Panthers. Two, Maple Leafs. And one, Lightning. Four, Ottawa. Yeah, that's my hot take. No. I'm feeling it. Oh. No defense, but I'm still feeling it. Okay, wait. Okay, can't so tell I, the I season. Kind of, I clocked out when you said Ottawa. Uh, four. What was the order of your top three? <laughs> uh, Panthers, Leafs, Lightning in reverse order. So Lightning first, Maple Leafs, okay. and the Palmeries Panthers. Okay, so we do have some differences. We have the same yeah. bottom two. I got Montreal okay. eight, Buffalo seven. Yeah. Not much I got Ottawa at six. Okay. I am not a Sens believer. All right. This is giving me the vibes of a team that, you know, starts off poorly and, you know, never recovers enough. That's what my take is with Ottawa. Um, mostly because I I don't know how much better Cam Talbot is going to be than, like, what they had last year with Matt Murray. Probably a little. And that defense, that group of six, stinks to the high heaven still. <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm. And I have yeah. Detroit 5 because I honestly think 
like Ottawa, they added yeah. you know, those two big name players, Dabrinkit and Giroux, and that's going to be great. Um, Detroit, though, you made more additions. David Perron, Dominic Kubelik, Jakob Vrana was injured all of last year. He's going to be back. Uh, Andrew Kopp is a very big one. Um, maybe there were some former Habs defensemen who played for the Panthers last year who they added, but we can't know for sure. And I, the goaltending, I think, will definitely be much better. Because, I mean, first of all, Thomas Grice is gone, so that's a win automatically. Nadalskovic, I don't think, will be worse than he was last year. And Vili Huso, you know, I believe in him too. I think we got a pretty good goaltending tandem here. I think you have a vastly improved group of forwards. And that's why I have them finishing above Ottawa in fifth place and still missing the playoffs. <laughs> and in fourth, I got the Bruins in a wild card spot. And my top three uh, is third place Tampa, second place Toronto, first place Florida. So we do have some okay. different going on there. Uh, okay. All right. Where should we go? Uh, I think Boston is probably a better team than the Sens. I think it's just the injuries. I think it would be close here. Uh, my projected standings are just take the Sens up just to keep it spicy. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, Boston's going to be without McAvoy and, and Marchand for, for a long, long while. So well, like two I think, months. Yeah, that's a significant that's a chunk, chunk of the season. I guess. That, is, that is quite long. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see how good Krejci is coming back from the Czech Republic uh, after a full year there. Um, as for, yeah, the Panthers, you have them first. I have them third. I feel like uh, A, Paul Maurice, not a fan. Not a fan at all. I think he drags him down. I think it's rel- still relatively close between the top three. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not into that whole Paul Maurice vibe. I think he'll drag them down offensively, uh, keep it boring. And yeah, their defense took a hit when they traded away Uyghur. Obviously, Kachuk is real nice as an upgrade in terms of play driving compared to Huberto. But I think overall, you you bring it a step down, uh, and who, where, do you have the Maple Leafs second? Yeah. Okay. Well, we have that the same. I think the, I think the Maple Leafs do slightly worse. I don't like the goaltending. Will not like the like I don't think the Lightning got better per se. I just kind of put them first by default almost because I felt like the Maple Leafs and the yeah the Panthers kind of went down. I see what you mean. This top three. This was an extremely hard. There was a lot of nitpicking to do to try and decipher this top three for me. And the reason I put Tampa in third was because that seems to just be a habit, like something they really like to do. You know, we've seen the, over the, this is now a, a very strong pattern over the past three years or so, uh, that they don't go pedal to the metal in the regular season. They don't, you know, rush star players back from injury. Uh, they have a little bit of load management here and there. And they usually finish third in the division. But I think I'm going to make a change to my top two. Go for I'm moving it. Toronto up to number one and Florida down to number two. Okay. The reason I originally put Florida number one uh, was because, as you just said, that Toronto goaltending scares me. Uh, and also, Florida didn't just win the President's Trophy. Did they? Obviously, we both agree they got worse this offseason. Was it drastic enough they dropped down to second or even third in the division? I wasn't quite sure. But now that Matt Murray has got one shutout in the preseason, <laughs> oh, that's all I need yeah. to see. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sold. Restored. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, actually, this does feel a little bit... I, I didn't love having Florida still atop the division. Toronto there, I feel like, you know, they're poised to remain an excellent regular season team, whereas, you know, loss of Uyghur, etc., is going to, I think, hurt them more than Florida knows. So Yeah, yeah. There we go. Toronto winning the Atlantic in the regular season. Wow. Official prediction. Crazy. Let's lock it in. I've got Tampa. I think, yeah, just, I think it's just a by-default thing. Even I think you're right. Tampa does. Third in the division. Yeah, I think I think you know they're the two teams below them are just not as you know pedal to the metal as they maybe were last year. Um, I think yeah, it's almost like a by default first place. 
Okay. And yeah, that's where I'm at. Off to the metro. Yep. Shall we? Go for it. Okay. Uh, eight to one. Flyers. Then the Blue Jackets. Then the Islanders. Then the Devils. Then the Rangers missing the playoffs. Uh, Capitals, Penguins, Hurricanes. Yeah. I'm a Rangers hater. I'm not buying it. I think the, the goaltending regresses. I think their young players don't take that step forward that they need. And uh, the core is getting older. So, is a hot take. Yes, they were they look very good this year. It's a hot take. Um, but I'm, I have always dumped stock uh, on the Rangers, and I will continue to do it. Uh, and not believe it. in them. I can see it. I can see it. I don't have the exact same prediction as you. My last place is the Flyers. My seventh place is the Columbus Blue Jackets. My sixth place is the New York Islanders. My fifth place. Missing the playoff is the Washington Capitals. Oh. I didn't like to do it. Boo. I didn't like to. But I had to knock someone out, and Washington was, you know. The easy target. It was the easy target. I was Lame. I, don't like, I like Kemper, but there was an eye injury in the playoffs. Yeah. We don't know how he's going to bounce back. We know Nicholas Backstrom is out possibly all year. That's going to hurt them quite a bit. So I felt like. Tom Wilson, too. Well, yeah. For a while. So I felt yeah. like, you know, this may be the year where. You know, Washington's playoff. Even I don't think I've ever predicted them out of the playoffs till now. So maybe I'm correct. Who knows? Remember last year? I'll take a brief intermission as I count my way up through the Metropolitan Division. Last year, I had extremely unhinged Metropolitan predictions. And they turned out to be very wrong. I had Carolina in like sixth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so I've got... Anyway, keep that in mind as I keep yeah. counting up this list. Where I have the Pittsburgh Penguins in fourth. Okay. And the New York Rangers in third. The New Jersey Devils in second place. Oh, division. Holy shit. The Devils. Okay, and let's Carolina hear it. winning the division. Yeah. I'll start with Carolina. Because sure. I was thinking like last year, what I said about Frederick Frederick Anderson and Anti Ranta and the injury concerns, that still applies, despite the fact that you know they were so good last year. That still applies that in their history, they're injury prone goalies. But why I'm still confident this year is that they now have uh, Pyotr Kochetkov as the third stringer. And he has been very good in his showings in the NHL and the AHL. And he is the decidedly goalie of the future. So they may even try to get him into some reps without any Anderson or Ranta injuries, give him a taste of the starters role a bit, because they're probably going to want to do that maybe even as soon as next season. So I'm not very worried about the Hurricanes goaltending. The Devils, um, this was the stat that did it for me. Um, was that last year, if they got league average save percentage goaltending, uh, they would have uh, broken even in goal differential. That's a fun stat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Fun stat. Now, obviously, will they is the question. And I think they will. Okay. Let me tell you. So last year, yeah. we had a situation where Mackenzie Blackwood was injured a lot, and when he was playing, he was, he was very bad. Uh, we also had a situation where Jonathan Bernier was injured all season long. They had, you know, Nico Dawes and John Gillies, the aforementioned John Gillies, giving in god-all performances night in, night out, and totally tanking the Devils. This year, we've got Blackwood, who can't be possibly any worse than he was last year, Vitek Vanacek, who needed a change of scenery, and Jonathan Bernier, who last time he was healthy, was quite good. This is three potential viable options for a hot hand to ride for the Devils. I think league average goaltending is very doable. Combine this with... In fact, Dougie Hamilton missed a lot of time last year, and this is maybe like a top 10 defenseman in the NHL. Total game changer. They've upgraded Ty Smith into John Marino. They've added Andre Palat to the team. 
Jesper Bratt looks unstoppable in the preseason. Jack Hughes, Nico Hischer are getting better. Dawson Mercer will take a step up. Maybe Alex Holtz is rookie year. I like the way the Devils look. And so I think, especially considering the fact that, you know, there's not much else to get excited about in this division. I said, fuck it. Second play. <laughs> he has ridden the hype train. He's fully aboard. Devil's hype you know, train. I see it. I see it. And I was tempted. I was tempted to put the Devils in there instead of the Sens. Because I was like, you know, I need one team to switch it up. I seriously considered the Devils. I will hand you that. However, I did ask myself the question, why were they so bad last year? Why were they like, what, 30 points out of the playoffs almost? And the answer was goaltending. And then I was like, oh, who's their goaltending tandem this year? And I saw Vanacek and I saw Blackwood again. And I was like, never mind. Bernier there too. I'll, okay, fine. Fucking Jonathan Bernier, like at 36. Um, that's, that's, that's my one issue. Yes, they have nice pieces. You know, perhaps the skaters are worthy of, uh, you know, with all the offseason winning that they've done, all the pieces that they've added, um, and the way they've kind of developed their young players. I think, yeah, it, it looks like a playoff-worthy uh, team in a weak year. If you're just looking at the skaters, um, but it's it's just the goalies that did it for me. When you when you look historically, um, yeah, at teams that make big leaps from out of the playoffs into the playoffs, it always comes down to like to goals against. And last year with the Devils, we're not just looking at like oh Blackwood was bad and gave him goals all the time. Most of the problem was they had Nico Dawes and John Gillies in there all the time, giving up ridiculous amount of goals. Um, so I think that is a lot of ground that can be made up easily just by having NHLers in net as opposed to those two alternating. Mm. Who's their goal? Who's their, is their coach still Lindy fucking Ruff? Yeah, their coach is Lindy Ruff. Uh, that's he's, rough. He's, he's, he's atop a lot of the hot seat list, particularly because yeah. they just hired Andrew Burnett. So if they start off a bit slow, then I think we'll see Burnett behind the bench. But I don't think they'll start off slow. I think they'll start off great, and I'll wow. stay great okay. all year, and I think they'll what make the playoffs. playoffs. And Lindy Ruff won the Jack Adams. Oh my goodness. Um okay. That's I, I respect you going for it. Full send. Um yeah, no, I think I you know, I would be surprised if they got second, but devils for the playoffs. It just means they sorted out their goaltending, which I am not ready to assume just quite yet. Not ready to assume, but I'm ready to predict. Okay, fair enough. Uh elsewhere, I you know, I like for for the Capitals, I believe that Kemper is gonna be fine. I think it's gonna be great. It's gonna be a huge upgrade over the garbage they had last year. I'll tell you that, and so I think you know that that keeps them in. I think you know obviously this team is kind of backsliding on the aging curve, but I think the it, you talk about like big goaltending leaps, goals against all that. I think the Capitals are the one that's gonna they're gonna benefit from that. I think they're they're fine on depth, and yeah, I don't think their skaters are getting any better um, or any younger. But I, I believe in the goaltending jump, and the Penguins are basically just running the team back again, aren't they? Just slightly older. Um, yeah, I think that's this was a close call for me between out. all of Washington and Pittsburgh and the Rangers, of which one I wanted to leave out. Yeah, if I had it my like my preference, I would have the Rangers missing. That'd be more fun. <laughs> it would be more fun. Yeah, I want Washington and Pittsburgh to you know keep it alive. Yeah, uh, but that's not what I have predicted in the end. Turns out. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the Central Division. Okay. Uh, this division happens to include uh, both of the Ultra Tank teams, or the two of them, I guess. So this is, this is a fun way to start things off. Which one do you think is worse? I think Chicago's worse. Ah, yeah, uh, the the brazen tank. This is, you know, this is this is a whole new level. Like Arizona, they're bad. They've been bad forever. Um, but you know, they're trying to sell tickets or whatever the fuck. So I feel like you know, even if it's only five thousand a night, they've got that incentive. Um, meanwhile, Chicago doesn't give a flying fuck. Uh, so that everybody will sell everybody at the deadline. No shame about it. Definitely the worst team. Uh. I feel out of the two. I think Arizona's going to try at least a bit. It's my gut. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to keep going yeah. up your list. Oh, no. 
What are your thoughts on this? On I agree this with you. I've got Chicago yeah. in last and Arizona in seventh in the Central Division for pretty much okay. the same reasons you said. I think also there might be a, this kind of pressures off effect in Arizona okay. with their, yeah. you know, 5,000 yeah. 5, fans and Clayton Keller's going to score like 75 points or something. There's nobody left to pressure them in the Yeah, middle. exactly. <laughs> also, have you seen like, apparently, I didn't see the quote, but people are buzzing like, oh, Chikrin is basically just waiting for a trade to happen. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. Um, he said he wants to be traded with a, to a contender, and he doesn't want to go through this whole like trade bait bit again. Um, so you think it's gonna happen like within the next few weeks, or are we are we waiting out until the deadline? I think it happens in like November. I don't think I think they're gonna go like half ass like this entire organization. They're not gonna wait till the deadline. They're gonna, I don't know, like sometime through the season when when he realizes they realize he's not checked in. Cause I don't think he will be. Um, and they'll just cut their losses and send him out. See, a lot of times. November trades or around that time of year end up with like very great returns because you know a lot of times those, that's only like there aren't as many star players or like high quality players on the market um but if it is a situation like probably not to the same level as Pierre Dubois checking out when he was with the Blue Jackets if it's something like that though um then the Coyotes should probably be rushing this thing to the finish line 100% yeah if he's already expressed his discontent they should be doing it um before you know they actually have to watch him play, but you don't um, want to lose your leverage either, right? That's true. So don't 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 tell people you're rushing. Just do it internally. Yeah, internally right. panic. <laughs> you love to see it. All right. Uh, yeah. The the rest of the central is interesting. Well, obviously Colorado's up there. Um, but everybody else is kind of ish. Um, it, you know, like kind of mid. Uh, sixth place I have the Jets. Uh, no faith there. And I have the Predators, the the Stars, the Blues, and then the Wild. Very similar to mine. Yeah. I'm looking at my list, though, and I want to change it, so I'm okay. going to. Go ahead. Uh, well, I also have the Jets in six. I'm going to leave that there. Um, I have Dallas five, St. Louis four, and Nashville three, but I'm going to change okay. that. All right. I'm going to swap the spots of Nashville and Dallas. I'm going to m- declare myself a Dallas believer yet again. <laughs> and move Dallas into third. I'm not so much as a Dallas believer as I am a St. Louis and Nashville non-believer. Okay. Nashville non-believer, for re- reasons we've talked about quite a bit with Nashville, look how many of their high-end players overachieved tremendously last year. You see Saros, Roman Yossi, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, and they still barely scraped into the playoffs. Can we expect repeat performances from all of them? I don't think so. Can we expect Nino Niederreiter and Ryan McDonough to fill in that gap? I, I'm, I wouldn't be too sure about it. Um, but actually... I'm, do I still want Nashville in a wild card spot or my fourth place Pacific team? I'll I'll decide. I'll decide later. Okay. Anyway, I'm Nashville fifth. I've seen it was fourth. Um, I just I hate their goaltending of Bennington and Grice so much. I think that tandem will be gross. It's gonna be terrible. Um, despite the fact that their forward group is like better than it's been in the past ten years. Yeah. Um, Dallas. I still have number three. I'd not, I not. Jason Robertson. You know. Won't miss that much, miss that much of the season because players, uh, RFAs in general rarely do miss more than like a week or two, so that shouldn't have too big an effect. Um, and I like Ottinger, and you know I think they're just better than the Blues in Nashville, mm. but I don't think they're on par with any of the other third place teams in this league. And easy top two, Minnesota number two, and Colorado number one. That's right. Uh, the thing with the stars is, yeah, I, every time we bring up the stars, I always say they're like two players, two skaters, two forwards, plus like Heiskanen, plus 
Ottinger. Yeah, and they're that's like it. five players. Yeah, so then uh, that still stands. So I, that's why you know fourth place. You're right. It is pretty barren out here in the central. No, no real faith in. in, in the Predators I could see so. massive fluctuation between two to six, though. Like, would it be shocked to you if the Jets like do well and finish second? Not really. Yes. It will be shocking. I have no faith in the Jets whatsoever. I think they're a tier below the Preds. I mean, I I put them below the Preds. Yeah. But I I think like Hellebuck, Vesna, Connor, fifty goal pace, uh, trade Blake Wheeler. <laughs> I I think you know there's enough still like offensive raw talent plus Hellebuck in there. They're like. And and enough lack of competition in this division where like okay. maybe a top three finish is possible. Oh my god, that's rich, man. I think like I talk about like Dallas being only a handful of players. Like the Jets are also the same deal, I mean, but worse. I mean, I know, but like you're saying, like Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville. Who among them is like, oh, 100%, no way, Winnipeg could ever pass Dallas or St. Louis or Nashville. St. Louis. See what I mean, though? Like, okay, maybe Dallas. I buy it, you know, but like Nashville too. Third though, that's pushing it. I don't see the Jets outperforming shit. If anything, if they, if they, as they, if they ever like you know finish above the Stars or the Preds or the Blues, you know, it's because those teams fucked up. And any of them easily, so easily could. Right, but I'm not saying all three of them could. And the Jets are gonna you know seize the day. Okay. <laughs> They're not seizing shit. <laughs> all right, the Jets suck. Uh-huh. Um. Okay, but I feel like I make the same argument I could about all four of those teams. Dallas, St. Louis, Nashville, Winnipeg. Like, what are the odds that this team will be better than all three of those like equally shitty teams? Or well, they're not equally approximately Jets. equally Jets are, shitty. Jets. There's there's a chasm there, so there's, it's only okay, an outlier. If you make, so that's my take there. All right. So the diff- I mean, hmm. I was gonna, you know, Winnipeg. Obviously, goaltending is a big question with Hellbuck. Is he gonna be like above average, or is he gonna be like the best in the world? And the same thing kind of applies to Saros in Nashville. Yeah. Who was a key fact one of like three key factors and drag them to the playoff that's right um so is, is that your point supporting the jets no that was just a, a point just a point just okay a point. Right. and st louis i mean if biddington is lee average if i if that could be guaranteed to me i might have them even ahead of minnesota wow yeah but that is far from a guarantee so right so fourth place for them okay all right so uh, yeah, that's the central. I I'm a Jets anti. I'm, I'm not having it with the Jets. I'll be with you, Jets anti. There we go. Right. Yeah, just, just it'll be just, fun just, just if the stink. Jets finish last in this division. <laughs> that would be that would fun. fun. That would be shit. a lot of fucking fun. Um, oh my god, just the drama. You it would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, upon reflection, I think I'm yeah. having Nashville out of the playoffs. I'm going four okay. teams each division. All right, sure. Let's roll. Let's go to that other division. Pacific. Yep. Tell me what you got. Okay. Uh, I have San Jose last. Mm-hmm. I have Seattle. And we have Anaheim. Mm. And we have Vegas. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And here's where I, I don't know. I don't know where I want to go here. Do I want to go LA? Do I want to go Vancouver? Hmm. It's, I've, I've never bought LA. I obviously, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Vancouver either. Wait, wait, do you have Vegas in the playoffs or no? No, I don't. I have them missing. How many? Uh, so I, you do have four? I have four, four. Okay. Yeah. So, hmm. You know what? I'll put Vancouver fourth. I won't put give the hot take of putting them third. I think Kevin Fiala does it for the Kings. I have him third. The Oilers second, and Calgary far and away in first place. Interesting. Very interesting. I remember yeah. last year, we because Calgary was coming off a terrible year in the North Division. We both had, we had them like sixth in this division or something. Yeah. Turned out to be quite wrong. Um, 
I've got my I've got San Jose in eighth, yeah. seventh place. I've got the Vancouver Canucks. Danny DeKaiser as ETOing. Shit. Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Um, I know they improved under Bruce Boudreaux, yes. but I'm also quite hesitant to ever put much stock into a second half of a season when you're already pretty far out of the playoff race because that's bitten many predictors in the ass many times before. Uh, in sixth, it's the Kraken. In fifth, it's the Ducks. In fourth, I got the LA Kings. Um, they were the one I was like, damn for Nashville. But I think, you know, Nashville is doomed to regress downward. And the Kings added Kevin Fiala. So, excellent. Dud. Third place, we got the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, my God. He's doing it. He's winning the nights in second. In second place, we have the Calgary Flames. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> and in first place in this fuck division off. will be no. the Vegas No, you're not. Nights. No, you're not. I don't believe Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You're say you're lying. Absolutely. No, I said, no, boy. Yeah. All right. First of all. Go ahead. Defend it. I know what you're thinking. Goaltending. I am thinking the that. same logic applies to the devil. You got three guys. Aiden Hill, Laurent Brassois, and Logan Thompson. You're telling me not one of them is going to emerge as like a, even slightly below league average, which would be plenty for Vegas to, you know, be good. Here's, here's the reason I got them. Yes. Here's the reason. <laughs> I am saying they won't reach that level. Here's the reason I've got them ahead of the flames. I feel like there's a little bit too much flames hype these days. Okay. Um, I've, I know I was contributing to it maybe early in the offseason. I was like, it was impressive the way True Living managed to maneuver out of losing Goudreau and Kachuk and still come out with an excellent team, a potentially even better than last year. You know, you got Huberdeau there, Kadri, Mackenzie, everyone knows the whole bit. Um, I think, first of all, uh, having so much dramatic change to a lineup, is you're a, a team that is prone to stumbling out of the gate a little bit. I think they may lose a little bit of points from that, from lack of familiarity. Um, and also, I think they overperformed last year in general. I also think Nazem Kadri overperformed last year in general. Maybe even Jonathan Huberdeau uh, put up more points than actually implies how good he is, though he is definitely like a first-line forward. So I think they're... And I also think maybe there, we'll see a little bit of regression from Yakimark Room, who I think got some Vesna votes. So I don't buy the Stanley Cup contender hype out of Calgary at all. Um, second in the division, though, I think makes sense. And I think Vegas, after I think missing the playoffs the way they did, was a serious wake-up call in that locker room, and I think they'll get back down to business. And, I mean, you look at the skaters on that team, it's a pretty similar makeup to the teams that went on long play. Well, that's not true. Eichel wasn't there. Um, but And now they have Jack Eichel, so there's that, you know? Jack Eichel, Mark Stone. Jay Theodore, you know, we're looking at a team that I think just had a one-off shit year and is primed to buckle down and win the Pacific. I think they can take it serious and buckle down in Vegas. They're having too much fun at the casinos. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, nah, I, I, okay, you know what? I get what you're saying on Calgary. Absolutely. I said far and away. Maybe, you know what? I'll, I'll bring him down a notch. Um... I'm still putting them first, just a close first. Okay. Because you're right. Like the, we've talked about the injuries and how they basically had no injuries last year, aside from like Sean Monaghan. Um, so they were very very healthy that, you know, greatly contributed to the regular season success. So, you know, not uh, not a runaway first for Calgary. I think the in- injuries kind of regressed to the mean uh, and they lose some some points there. Uh, but man, I, ca- I cannot buy the vibes on Vegas right now. <laughs> Could not get any worse um, from, I don't know, like giving away Max Pacioretty for free or 
not having goalies. Just not having any goalies. Um, I, I don't know where you pulled this. Hey, we have three, like, marginally NHL goalies. Maybe one of them will pull them out of their ass kind of takes. Easy. It never happens. It never fucking happens, that kind of team. Aiden Hill's the one, I think. Okay, you're, you're, you're betting the farm on I'm Aiden Hill. betting the farm on Aiden Hill. Holy shit. So Aiden, That's a terrible bet. Aiden Hill has, so far in his career, um, played behind two of the worst defense cores known to mankind in Arizona and last year in San Jose. And he was decent sometimes despite that. So I think, <laughs> I think, you know, behind Vegas, very confident defense in terms of personnel and in terms of system, uh, you're looking at like a 9-10 goaltender. Okay. Well, he was he was nine oh six last year. Yeah, nine oh six last year, behind Market Vlasic and Mario Ferraro and other shitty players. Radim Simek. <laughs> yeah, that kind of vibe. I, I don't buy it. Still don't buy it. Um, yeah, I just an Aiden Hill skeptic. I'm an Aiden Hill skeptic. I'm a Van- I'm a not a Vancouver skeptic. I'm a Vegas skeptic. Speaking of Vancouver, what what is that with having them in the playoffs? What are you thinking? What is that? Yeah, okay. You know what? I I've decided on the offensive team. I do the same with the Sens. Neither of these teams have any sort of semblance of an NHL defense. However, you know they look like a playoff team. At the- yeah, I'm doing the second half bit. I'm doing the second half bit. I'm it's buying like, it. Yes. I think that I think Boudreaux's fine as a coach. You know, now that I say that out loud, I kind of buy it less. Um, but which part the second half bit or the Boudreaux's fine? Because I do like I think Bruce Boudreaux. No, is the second player. half bit. I, I think about it and I think Vancouver Canucks in the playoffs and it just. I predicted that last year. It and it was wrong. There's like a, there's like a, there's like a cognitive dissonance there. I feel like I'm ignoring by putting them in the playoffs. Is it top pairing Tucker Pullman? Is that what you're ignoring? Yeah, that's it. Okay, you know what? I changed it. Um, they're missing the playoffs. The, ooh, the Predators are making it. Oh, that's could be. They're on quite sure. the playoff streak. I noticed Nashville. Yeah, I mean, like eight years in a row or something. No way. Okay. All right. Make it nine. So I'm I'm tilting at three five. I'm not changing the rankings. I still think Vancouver beats Vegas. I think they make it out. They they miss them. There's my there take. is no world I can perceive this season where Vancouver finishes ahead of Vegas in the standings. Okay. This world, it's, it's gonna happen. I, let's let's make a wager. No, I'm good. I have no confidence whatsoever. <laughs> You're asking me to wager on the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> yes, I am. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'll be six feet in the ground before I take that up. <laughs> oh, do we want to do a very quick like run through a playoff without putting any thought into it at all? Make okay, a Stanley sure. Cup pick. Let's do it. Why not? Okay, you first or me first? Um, I I can start. Uh, out in the Atlantic, who do I have? I have say the Lightning against the Sens. Lightning. Or am I doing this bracket by bracket, or should I just like pick a fucking conference winner? Just pick, just pick your uh your four conference finalists, and then we can okay from there. How about that? All right, sure, sounds good. Um, I will be taking the Lightning again. I'll take. Oh, there's no one from the Metro. I like. I'm taking Boston. Fuck it. I say they they cross over. They do the whole bit. I think the the Canes choke. Um, and out in the Pacific, I take Calgary. And I'll take. St. Louis. St. Louis. I'm just being. I'm just being spicy. I, okay. I'm. I'm doing winning it. Winning these series. Calgary's winning, and Tampa's winning. So I think Calgary's winning the cup. Okay. Right after you saying that you don't smell the hype. I don't smell the hype. I smell the All hype. Right. I just realized in these after making this switch at the top of my Atlantic standings, I have Toronto playing Boston in round one. Classic. You know what I'll do? It's lovely. I think Toronto's gonna win uh, okay. that series. I think conference final in the East, Toronto versus Pittsburgh. 
Okay. Fun times, fun times. Yeah. Um, conference final in the West. Uh, let's do Colorado versus Vegas. You're just trying to rub it in my face. You're just trying to push Vegas to the absolute limit. And the Stanley Cup final, the Vegas Golden Knights will beat the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. How's that sound? Logan Thomas, Con Smythe winner. Logan, Logan Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> no, <laughs> fucking Aiden forgot his name. Yeah. yeah. As you can maybe tell, I didn't put much thought into that, but no. whatever. That's my. I, I, actually, no. I feel like my official preseason cup prediction. I do want to put a little more thought into that. So okay. let's erase that. All right. And now for my actual prediction, Tampa's winning the cup again. Okay. <laughs> Perennial Tampa believer. Tampa believer. Yeah. There will be Vegas in the final though. I'll go I'll go that route. My God. Tampa over Vegas in the final. Horrendous take. Tampa over Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference final and then okay. over Vegas in the Stanley Cup final. Right. Official wow. t- take it to the bank. Flaming take to have Vegas that far. You really think they pulled together? The vibes. Yeah. The vibes on that team. It was, it was toxic. They hated each other. They hated Jack Eichel. Okay, maybe that's not true, but you know, I, that's, what the, that's what the semblance was. You know what else we haven't mentioned, though, about Vegas? Is Phil Kessel's there now? So that's going to, you know, it's all solved. Mm, it really is, eh? Stanley Cup pedigree. I'll talk to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Iron Man streak. Yeah, that'll, that'll motivate them. Exactly. That'll motivate the whole fucking team. Yeah. You gotta oh, be Phil. Iron Man. Like Phil, Phil, Phil passed the streak in fucking October, and now I'm motivated <laughs> in April. <laughs> <laughs> just, just what gets me up in the morning, man. <laughs> fucking Phil beat the record six months ago, <laughs> and now I'm about to win the Stanley fucking Cup because of that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, um, we're doing a draft this week. We are doing the draft this week. A draft this week. A yeah. draft, and this week we'll be drafting shapes. Cool. Um, and it occurred to me, well, after Tyse was talking about it, that 3D shapes count as shapes. So there's actually quite a lot more to choose from than I thought there would be. What was her last draft? It was a, quite a while ago. I don't remember what it was. I don't either. Was it Christmas songs? No. Something? No, no. Wait, it was that long ago. Okay. Days of Christmas. No, no. We've done. Let me just something this some shapes. I'm. Uh, I feel like looking at our own feed is actually maybe a better indicator of this than our Instagram because like sometimes it archives things and sometimes it doesn't. Um. Going back a while. Ah, our last draft was social media platforms, which I remember that I won for sure. I got crushed, eh? Yeah. So, uh, so you pick first. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, we're going to go 3D with this first pick. Question is, is, is what shape? Oh, you know what? I'll do it. I'll take the sphere. Classic. You got fucking balls. Balls are everywhere. Sports. Daily life, you know, what's more fun than a ball? You know, you can toss it. It's just there's no, there's just pure pleasure associated with the concept of a ball. You slice off the top and the bottom, and you get a puck. No, technically it's not a sphere anymore, but whatever. I don't give a shit. Uh, and yeah, just it's very visually pleasing as well. You know, like something is round, no corners, no edges, just fucking, just a nice fucking sphere. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, you have a nice like sphere of any substance. And it just looks like pleasing. So we love a good sphere. I'm going to take the cube. Okay. Your turn. That's pointy. That's just pointy. See, you notice how he didn't roast my pick. That's how you know he's, he's conceding <laughs> that I made the correct first round pick. Uh, you'll love to see it. Um, hmm. Okay. Um, all right. So do you have any defense of the cube? It's, it's, it's great. It's cool. 
Okay, that's it. Um, that's all he has to say. We got, we got, we got like you know six squares all together. Yeah. No. What do you use it for? You got like a bunch of dice? vertices. Yeah. Yeah. A perfect example. It's fucking you want it, dice. It's cubes. Okay. Oh. Ice ice cubes. <laughs> are they really cubes? They're more they rectangular prisms. Cubes. Yeah, they could be. They never are. And also, it's just you know, it's it's a cool shape. So there you have it. When when was the last time you had an ice cube? Doesn't actually a cube. When was, I I haven't had an ice cube in a while, just in general. So answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> The answer is never. He has never had a cube. This goes to show the 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 social insidiousness of the cube. Is that something? People love cubes so much that they'll call things cubes, even if they aren't. Ice cubes. They were trying to be cubes because how cool cubes are. No, it's because they don't know any other shapes, and nobody wants to call it an ice rectangular prism or shit like that. Yeah. Also, cube is easy and fun to say. Mm, Another great yeah. point in my favor. Thanks. Okay, that's his argument. Wow. Yikes. Uh, next, I will be taking the. Uh, the pyramid or the tetrahedron, that is the the the, the four sided bit with like triangles all over the place. Um, yeah, Which one, just the a, pyramid or the tetrahedron. Which one are you going with? Well, the the triangle based pyramid or the tetrahedron is the same bit. Oh, I didn't remember that's what a tetrahedron was. So yeah. you're taking a triangular based pyramid. Correct. Or can I take all pyramids? Uh, uh it's not a triangular prism. I'm taking pyramids. Are we, are we letting that slide? Mm, fine, whatever. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah, I just got a bonus. See, I was ready to just fucking settle with the tetrahedron, fuck, but I got them all. Um, so see, now I got the fucking pyramids out in Egypt. Those are square-based pyramids. Um, and yeah, who doesn't love a good pyramid? They're nice and spiky, and you just and the more cube is no, back because it's pointy. Yeah, but it's different. All right, the tetrahedron is or the pyramid is made to be pointy. Got those points. A cube's like half ass. You know what I mean? It's like 90 degrees. Fuck that shit. Give me the cute shit. You know, like, it's good. I'm going to take... I have no concrete examples of a tetrahedron. <laughs> I realized what is in the shape of a pyramid. I don't know. It's just visually pleasing. All right. I got nothing same, else. Same as the cube. Except yeah. the cube better. Not really. All right. I'm okay. taking the cylinder. The cylinder rules. And here's why. You were talking about turning a hockey, a sphere into a hockey puck, turning into a cylinder. That's a yeah. good thing about a sphere is you can turn it into a cylinder. Yet I just took no. the cylinder. No. So who came no, out on no, top? Me. me. And also, <laughs> another thing that's very important that is a cylinder is the wheel. The wheel is in the shape of a cylinder, the most important invention of all time. Okay. You roll around on it in your car and your other things you roll on. It's a wheel. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> you know how shitty a cylinder is? We never think of a wheel as a cylinder. That's how it's just wheel-shaped. We're just you talk about like what is it fucking socially insidious fucking cubes uh, as the opposite for cylinders because uh ain't nobody ever well, referring to if you're you know think about, if you're rejecting, a wheel is not a cylinder what the fuck are you talking yes, about yes it is no it's not of course it is no it's got a hole in the middle it doesn't make it a cylinder but no there we go it's over what wheel it's has over. a hole in the middle what are you talking about Any, like a car wheel okay, but I mean the, so what shape is a wheel then you can put a hole in the middle of a sphere it's still a sphere. Okay, but you're talking about the the the, the specific use of a wheel, which you it's know, a cylinder. It and there's a hole in it. Still a cylinder. No, of course it is. No. Yes. No. Of course it is. If I took a cube and I gutted it, would it still be a if cube? If you punched a hole through the middle of a cube, <laughs> it would still be a cube. What if I punched like sixty different holes into the cube? Still a cube. Right through. No, it's not a cube. It loses all fucking shape and form and everything. No. All right. Terrible. Terrible. Not, not a wheel. Not a cylinder. Yes, wheels are cylinders. No, it's a terrible. I'm looking thing. this up right now. The internet oh, okay. will back me up. 
Unless you are willing to concede right now and say your argument's dumb. Um, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> all right, you're up in that. <laughs> okay. Uh, to conclude on a strong note. <laughs> <laughs> Are you writing these down, by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, because I haven't. I usually do, but I forgot the I name. Am. Um, hmm. I will not, I will not concede the final, the final 3D shape. I'm taking the fucking cone, all right? <laughs> that shit rules. <laughs> it's the combination of a triangle and a fucking circle. I, wait, I just and say something. ice cream cone. Yeah. You cannot take the cone. I'm telling you why. You took all the pyramids, and a cone is a circle-based pyramid. Oh, okay. Fair. All right. Well, you know what? To add on to my previous point on pyramids, uh, cones rule. Ice cream cone, also a pyramid. So <laughs> said my nobody ice cream ever. Pyramid. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> I have to stand by it. So, hey, what the hell? All right, now, now, time to look at my phone to think of a fucking two-dimensional shape to pick. Uh, a circle. There we go. I took the sphere. I took the circle. I took the best two-dimensional shape there is. Just like I took the best three-dimensional shape, just to satisfy and just in a two-dimensional form. Uh, you can draw a perfect circle. That's fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, I. You know what? The other day, I just saw a YouTube video. Teacher, 14 years ago, millions of views. This fucking YouTube video. Teacher draws a perfect circle, and it's just the teacher standing in front of his class, and there's a kid who's filming him, and he's like, "Guys, I went to the circle drawing championships, and I won." Uh, and real bit and then he went in front of the board rotated his fucking arm and drew a perfect circle rotated his arm yeah he drew it like this alright like he did the windmill motion and everybody was enthused I was enthused and so that's why circle's the best okay I'm gonna take a triangle oh god what the hell is that triangles triangles first of all as we were discussing before we started recording there are many different types there are equilateral triangles isosceles triangles Scalene triangles. What's your fucking point? (laughs) 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 And there are right triangles, which of course can comprise either isosceles or scalene triangles, but not equilateral, of course. Fans hate you, right? (laughs) 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 But what's really excellent about triangles? Tell us. You're, you're skeptical, aren't you? You don't believe me. No fucking triangles. Is how sturdy they are. Okay, go for it. That's it. That's it. Just a sturdy fucking triangle. All right. (laughs) Sounds like a bad joke. The punchline is that they're sturdy. That's it. Okay. Well, that's nice. Good to know. Um, next, I will be taking an underrated shape. How many picks have I made? You have made three picks. We are now halfway down the draft. What? What? I feel like I've made like seven. Um, let's see. I've taken the tri, the pyramid. You have the sphere, the pyramid, and the circle. That's it. Okay. Well, then I need a square. I need a square. It's the best rectangle. You minimize the perimeter, uh, and shit like that. And yeah, it's just very satisfying to see a nice perfect square, uh, out anywhere and about. And also, that's why we have numbers that are perfect squares, and they're just perfect the way they are. And that's square, um, which is brilliant. You know, it's quite stupid of you to say that a square minimizes the perimeter when you could really just make a smaller rectangle. Okay. Well, for a given surface area. Okay. Ah, well, it's qualified. Sorry. sorry, I didn't give you that assumption to begin with. Anyway, 
I'm gonna take the rectangle now. Okay. Because Suck shit. for one main reason. Yeah. You can make a rectangle really small to minimize the perimeter. <laughs> it's a, just a less satisfying rectangle. Or a less satisfying square no, is a rectangle. Rectangles are so satisfying. Okay. Maybe you say so. This room is as the floor is a rectangle. Yeah, so I feel very enclosed and cramped in this rec- in this rectangular room. Well, that's because of the three D portion of it, the prism aspect, not the floor. Mm. The floor is too small. And what you were saying before, about like, oh, you never find any perfect cubes, can't find any perfect squares either. It tracks. What are you talking about? Lots of perfect squares all over the place. Well, lots of perfect cubes all over the place. I think correct. <laughs> Only in the dice factory. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Think about it. You see squares drawn all the time. When I'm doing like, you know, like fucking Excel and stuff like that, you know? It's like, oh, look, I drew a square, you know? Or my table's full of squares. Or I don't no, know. your Excel squares, Excel tables are full of rectangles. Full of rectangles. No squares to be found. Well, you know, Excel kind of sucks anyway, so I guess that point is moot. Um, but uh, I don't know, like a table? Square table. Rectangular table. Yeah, but the square table is better. You know, but you were saying about cubes. I'm not doing a square versus rectangular competition. Do not change the bounds of this discussion on me. You say cube versus square. I'm telling you the square exists more often than the cube. Well, I'm telling you every single time a square exists, there's a cube to be found. Okay. All right. Wrong. Wrong as hell. Do not mention the fact that that's patently false. Just accept it. Okay. I guess you'll stand by that take. Uh, all right. Next up. I'll take the hexagon. hexagon. This is the underrated pick of the draft. I'm telling you, the hexagon's fucking mega. The hexagon's fucking great. Every time I see hexagon, I'm like, shit, I wish that was an octagon. No, that's incorrect. Octagon's like a cheap square, all right? It's like terrible. Cheap square. Yeah, it's got the square vibes, you know? It's got the the edges, you know? The edges that make a square, but like you like took a shortcut instead and turned it into a fucking octagon. It's pathetic. Uh, But uh, meanwhile, the almighty hexagon. Think about it. You know what? What the, the hexagon does great is stack, right? You take a bunch of hexagons, you put them all together, and they're all cramped up together. You know what I mean? Like all like nice and 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 like that. Uh, not like um, you know, like a square can do that too, which is why also I picked the square. They pack nicely. Um, but hexagons pack in a very satisfying way. You know, like think of a honeycomb. Isn't that a greatly satisfying image? No, and it's just comprised solely of hexagons. They bore me. Well, that's that's because you're boring. Anyway, with my next pick, I'm, taking, Get I'm taking the oval. Fuck off! This is disgusting. You're talking about, right. about all this round stuff, all spheres, uh-huh. circles. How about things that are round also, but like not perfectly? Oh, can we just break character for a second? Go ahead, please. I do find it very funny every time we do these drafts. How we have to like assume the form of like everything I pick is as great and only has good qualities, and everything you pick doesn't, even though we're picking like the same things or extremely similar things with extremely similar qualities. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, yep. back in character. On the name of winning. Back Go in ahead. Character. Um, you know, <laughs> you know what uh, our guidance counselor at high school used to say what? was that uh, the only person who fails all the time is a perfectionist. So if you're constantly striving for. Prefer- for perfection, like perfect round circle or sphere, you're just going to be disappointed. The oval is the shape of the people, the shape of the masses, the shape of the everyone can make an oval and make it round and make it cool. 
He really just said, don't don't shoot for your dreams. Settle and be an oval. Fuck that. Terrible take. Uh, and yeah, just just a less satisfying circle. A shitty circle. Oh, I tried to draw a circle the other day. And I failed. And now I'm upset. What'd you draw? An oval. You know what's an oval? An egg. Okay. Not really. If you an egg is not an oval. An egg, an egg is three-dimensional. you drew an egg, an egg would be an oval. Yeah. Well, not really. It's kind of more of an A ellipsoid. drawing of an egg is a drawing of an oval. What a statement! <laughs> what a statement! Holy shit! Groundbreaking stuff. Alright, your turn. Last pick. What are you doing? Oh man, he he just wants to leave the oval behind. Never seen anything like it. Uh, man, I don't know where to go. What what is there that's left? Yeah, I already took all the good shapes. Just kidding. I did. Uh, you just said, uh, don't take the hexagon. It's uh, like a shitty octagon. Well, fuck. I'll take the octagon. Oh, I was gonna take the octagon. Let's go. It's too good. The octagon's fun. It's like a square with shortcuts, but in a good way. Now that I've taken it, I've revised my take. Uh, and yeah, stop signs. Just a good angle. Just a good fucking angle. All right, I'll take the parallelogram and call it a day. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, it's parallel. Okay. And maybe there's one that like weighs a gram or something. Just an A plus joke. I'm pretty hungry too. Can we wrap up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's call it. Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, this has been the first episode of season four of Fusion Hockey Podcast. I'll repeat our teams. Taisei's got the sphere, the pyramid, circle, square, the hexagon, and the octagon. And I've got the cube, the cylinder, the triangle, the rectangle, the oval, and the parallelogram. <laughs> That's right. Those are the teams, and uh, don't forget to vote for me. Um, for the better shapes, which are mine. Um, they're not, but okay. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's the draft segment for this time around. Um, we really just drafted a whole bunch of shapes. <laughs> Quality <laughs> content. What it's come to, folks. <laughs> shapes. Okay. Um. Yeah. Is there anything else uh, you want to? This is our last off-season episode, uh, of the year. You know what just Any... occurred to me? Because we're not done our guess who quite yet. Correct. Our guess who's will have stretched all the way back to season one into season four. Wow. What a saga. Mm-hmm. That I won. That you have already officially won. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Uh, you can also do something else too. Follow us on Twitter. No, I was, I was just making a joke. Like, you can do anything else you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, Twitter. Handles description. Blah, blah. Like and As subscribe. As usual, like and subscribe if that's even possible on Anchor. I just straight up don't know. I know you can subscribe at places. I don't know if there's a like yeah. button. I don't think most people listen on Anchor. I think they listen on other platforms that Anchor distributes to. Which I don't know if you can like there either. On my but podcast, if you can't. Yeah, just keep listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. Does it leave a five star review if you can? Yeah, will we see it? Unlikely. I haven't checked Apple Podcasts in like over a year. Me neither. Maybe we do have like a shit ton of reviews there. Who knows? Okay. If you have any comments or questions, leave them there too while giving us. Unless they're dumb. (laughs) Not sure. (laughs) Then don't. (laughs) All right. I think we can wrap it up. Uh, Yeah, that's it for us this week. See you then. Regular season next week. The end.